WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Thursday, May 4th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center clouds today. Could see a pop-up shower, high 55. Those clouds, they're going to hang around tonight and overnight, low 49. And then there'll be this strange orange globe in the sky tomorrow. I think it's called the sun. Sun and clouds on Friday, high 61. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 43 and cloudy up in Port Jervis, Orange County. 46 and cloudy in Perth Amboy down in New Jersey. And 45 light drizzle here in Midtown. Lots to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning does this happen to you so i go to bed before the rest of the family does because i have to get up early i'm not complaining i love what i do but it seems like every possible emergency or concern that happens in the house seems to happen in the 10 minutes before i'm about to pull the blankets over my head and go to sleep so last night's uh, minor emergency, at least I think it was, was, uh, the dog had been sneezing all day. Now, I, I'm new to being a dog owner. I love my dog, but it's the first time I ever had one. We've had her, I guess, two and a half years now. And she was sneezing all day. So, uh, my wife, who was home with her, was concerned. But of course, the real concern didn't come until it was 10 minutes before I was about to go to bed. And she says, have you noticed the dog's been sneezing all day? And I'm like, yeah, you've been with the dog all day. If it's sneezing, maybe you sh- if you're really concerned, take it to the vet. She says, why don't you look up and see what it says online about dogs that are sneezing. Now, you know how that is. If you look up anything medical online, there's either two things. It's nothing or you're about to immediately pass away, right? So that's the same thing with dogs. I looked up sneezing and uh, they said 99% of the times it's either allergies or maybe something that they ate because they can have seasonal allergies like people. And like 1%, not even, it could be death. Like something's in their nasal passage and they're going to pass away immediately and you need to rush them to the nearest vet. So, of course, you can imagine my wife goes to the extreme because that's what she does. And I'm like, it's allergies. But I will say this. So I, I was able to put my head to the pillow with not a whole lot of concern. But when my alarm went off this morning, the first, the first thing I heard was, achoo, achoo from the dog. So I did have a little concern when I walked out the door, but she was looking at me and saying goodbye, so hopefully everything will be okay when I get home. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The subway rider who came to the rescue might find himself in a lot of hot water. Wait till you hear what caused all those delays on New Jersey Transit last night. It was a violent night in Newark. Did the Russians fake that attack on their own capital? And a big first in a small town in New Jersey. All right, let's get into it. 503, we'll start with those New Jersey transit delays last night. We'll start with the good news. Everything seems to be fine this morning. We'll get the latest from Joe coming up in just a few minutes. But last night, it was bad news for people who were trying to get home. Height of the rush hour. New Jersey Transit Amtrak Rail Service suspended out of Penn Station. People waiting for a couple hours, maybe more, to get home. Now we 
know what was causing the problems. Apparently, the Secaucus police chief, the trains go through Secaucus, said that they had received reports from an engineer who had driven or taken his train through the area that two children were playing on the tracks. And then they couldn't find these two kids. So they did what ultimately was the smart thing, was halt all train service to figure out exactly what was going on. But uh, as it always seems to be, the communication's never great. Back with the people who are waiting at Penn Station, who are getting angrier by the moment. Why can't they just bypass the caucus? I picked the wrong day to come to work. Three days a week, and the day was my first day in. Why y'all standing Jersey Transit. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think if most people were explained to that they thought there was kids on the train tracks, they weren't sure that they were off, that they'd be okay with the delay, but apparently with that woman, that was not the case. I'd be okay with it. they find the kids. Everything we hear is fine. So there were a slew of Amtrak trains, uh, New Jersey Transit trains that were held. The lift was um, pulled, the lift on that train service, around 6, 6.15. But, of course, there were massive delays. The train station packed with people trying to get home. We hear everything's okay this morning. Of course, in a moment or two, we'll get the latest from Joe Nolan. Some New York City lawmakers considering legislation that would make it illegal for businesses and residential buildings to use facial recognition. Technology. Let's get the latest on that from story now from 77 WABC's Alex Bardnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. Lawmakers held a hearing on the issue Wednesday with some concern about how the data is used and if it could result in discriminatory practices. It will serve us all to keep in mind its potential for good as well as potential for misuse and evil. There is a gap in the regulatory framework that can lead to negative impacts. I don't think this is discriminatory at all. The Food Industry Alliance specifically is against the proposals. We oppose this legislation because it not only bans the use of biometric recognition technology to identify a customer without a public safety exception, but it also creates numerous new conditions on the collection of biometric identifier information that are so far-reaching. Unfortunately, lawmakers who had questions for the NYPD were unable to ask them since the department didn't make it to the hearing. Can you confirm whether or not PD is using a cloud storage uh, system for data collection for data I, storage. I cannot. I would have to refer you to the to the NYPD on the specific deployment of its. Well, technology. we try to get them here today. Of course, this all comes after Madison Square Garden started using facial recognition to keep attorneys involved in lawsuits against the company from entering their venues. A tenant protection law for residential buildings went into effect earlier this year, but it's not clear if it's being enforced. Yeah, so the Dolans, of course, uh, were using it to keep these lawyers out who were involved in lawsuits against Madison Square Garden or some of their properties. Uh, there was somebody kicked out of Radio City Music Hall, remember? Same thing. I think she was there for like a children's performance. She was told she had to leave. But, of course, there's the other side that is protecting us. So uh, do we know how this is all going to end? Or do they want to ban it completely? Or what do they exactly want to do? At this time, it's not exactly clear what they want to do. But I think they're just looking into seeing if this is going to be used for the wrong reasons. Yeah, well, it's in the Dolan's case, I don't know. You can make the argument, I guess, either way. It's a private business. Can they use it? I, I, it's a question I know you can't answer because you're not a lawyer. But <laughs> curious, like, can... Can he use it to keep people out of his property if he wants to? I guess he can. Right? I guess he can, I guess. WABC News Time 509. Let's go out to Newark where it was a violent light last night. Two people killed, including a seven-year-old girl after four people were shot in Newark. Newark police 
say they were responding to some sort of domestic dispute. This was about 9 o'clock last night. Sources saying they were responding to a home. They found this armed man on Elizabeth Avenue, approached him. Uh, Police shot this guy who later died. Then when police entered his home, they found a seven-year-old dead with a gunshot wound to the chest and a man critically injured. A fourth gunshot victim went to Beth Israel Hospital. We're still sort of piecing this all together. It's unknown what his condition is. A semi-automatic handgun could be seen lying in the street among the evidence that detectives were securing at the scene. Of course, as more details of this horrible shooting come into us, especially with that seven-year-old, we will pass them on to you. Let's bring it back into the city and a story that gets bigger by the day. It is the case of this Marine on Monday who put a man into a chokehold on a NoHo subway platform. This was at the uh, on the F train at the Broadway Lafayette station. The man... Uh, uh, was acting erratically, as that's what eyewitnesses say. And that's when this 24-year-old Marine stepped in to stop him, put him in a chokehold. Now we're hearing from the medical examiner that this man, this 30-year-old Jordan Neely, who has uh, 40 prior, 44 prior arrests, a lot of them uh, on the subway, uh, died from that chokehold. And so yesterday... Uh, when people heard this, uh, were uh, waiting for, actually for this announcement to come out. Some of them taking to this subway platform in NoHo to protest the fact that this Marine put him in that chokehold. I don't think that's very responsible at the time where we're still. Uh, so in- this is the the mayor, but here are the people talking about the chokehold. Our life was sensibly taken away. Someone who's uh, homeless, struggling with mental health. So that Marine has not been charged so far. The investigation ongoing. The Manhattan DA says they are looking into it to see if the crime was committed here or if he was protecting his fellow subway riders when he grabbed him and put him into that chokehold. Uh, you had Brad Lander, the city comptroller, saying that he thinks this is uh, could potentially be murder. Uh, Mayor uh, Adams pushing back at that idea last night. He was on CNN. I don't think that's very responsible at the time where we're still investigating the situation. We have so many cases with passengers assist of other riders and uh, we don't know exactly what happened here yeah and so we're getting back and forth from some of the subway riders one said they didn't think this guy was a threat to fellow riders others said no he was a threat to fellow riders and so the da the manhattan da alvin bragg will uh you know, gather all the evidence over the coming weeks from people who were on the scene and see if they can come to a conclusion. But people who were on the subway platform yesterday were coming to their own conclusions. All three of those people who held him should be arrested. A proper uh, investigation should be conducted. The man who choked him to death should be charged with murder. And then you had advocates for the homeless questioning Neely's death. They they say that uh, he was harmless, but again... 44 prior arrests. Horrible that um, something had to go to this extent, this tragic loss of life, to underscore that this approach 
of treating people as dangerous or as a threat just because they're in need has to stop. Alvin Bragg's office putting out a statement. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but essentially they're saying it is a solemn and serious matter that ended in the tragic loss of Jordan Neely's life. They say as part of their rigorous ongoing investigation, they'll review everything, including the medical examiner's report before they come up with a decision whether to arrest or go after this Marine who held him in a chokehold on Monday afternoon in that subway station. 514, attorneys for former President Trump says he's not going to testify and they're not going to call any witnesses in the civil trial where he is accused of rape, a case downtown. Late Wednesday, Trump's deposition was played for the jury and for the first time they heard Trump say the rape accusation by writer E. Jean Carroll isn't true and that it's a disgusting made-up story. The jury will hear more of Trump's deposition Thursday. Meantime, the judge also told the jury to expect to get the case sometime early next week. I'm Brian Shook. And then you have another case, a judge dismissing former President Trump's lawsuit against the New York Times. Trump filed the $100 million lawsuit against three journalists and his estranged niece, who he claimed worked together to get confidential and highly sensitive records on him to use for their own benefit. On Wednesday, Justice Robert Reed dismissed the suit and ordered Trump to pay the journalists legal fees. Reed said Trump's claims fail as a matter of constitutional law and that journalists are entitled to engage in legal and ordinary news-gathering activities without fear of tort liability. I'm Mark Mayfield. WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports oh, Desk, where we find Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Noam Layden. We begin here. On the ice, the Devils have a thing for losing 5-1 to one in this year's playoffs. Doing so for the third time in eight playoff games last night to open up their series in Carolina against the Hurricanes. Nathan Bastian registered the lone New Jersey goal on the night as the Devs were forced completely out of their flow by the well-rounded Canes all night long. Down a game now. Doubles will try and even the score in game two come tomorrow night in Carolina on the diamond. The Mets got swept in their doubleheader against the Tigers in Detroit, losing the first game 6-5 to and the second contest 8-1. to Homers from Pham, Canna and Lindor in Game 1 weren't enough to fend off the Tigers, while Max Scherzer failed to show up in Game 2 on the mound as he allowed six earned runs on eight hits and just three and a third innings of work. As for the Yankees, they needed some walk-off magic to squeeze out a 4-3 to win over the Cleveland Guardians at home and take the series in the process. Jose Trevino played the hero in the bottom of the 10th, and here's what it sounded like, courtesy of WFAN. 0-2, line to center field. There's a base hit to win the game. Scoring is Cabrera. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. A line drive to center field by Trevino, pinch hitting. And the Yankees win the ball game by the score of 4-3. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed, John. Still eight and a half games back in the AL East. The Yankees gear up for a huge series against the first place Rays in Tampa. Set to get underway tomorrow night after an off day today. Now for what's next for the Mets. He'll try and salvage a finale this afternoon in Detroit with some guy named Justin Verlander. Finally set to make his debut in orange and blue. First pitch is set for 1.10 p.m. with the Tigers sending out Eduardo Rodriguez to duel with Verlander. On the hardwood last night, the Celtics beat up on the Sixers 120, uh, 121-87 to to tie the series at 1. And of Jeez, course, 121-87 were the Sixers even on the court? Now, it really didn't seem like it. They seemed distracted by the Joel Embiid uh, MVP announcement. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and he returned for he wasn't He wasn't playing in, uh, in Game 1. Comes back for Game 2, you would think. The Sixers would have some chutzpah. Yeah, no, but, apparently uh, not. Apparently not. 
So they get whooped on by the Celts. Knicks and Heat, Game 3, coming up on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. So you got that to look forward to as well. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. Let's go down to Atlanta. Just a small bit of good news there. They finally found this gunman who carried out that shooting in Atlanta yesterday in custody. Mayor Andre Dickens announcing the capture of 24-year-old Dion Patterson. Thanks to the highly trained police officers across our region, we are able to bring this suspect into custody without further harm. He will be charged and stand trial for his crimes. Patterson uh, taken into custody in Cobb County. The 39-year-old uh, shot and killed um, uh, uh, one person. Four other people were injured in Wednesday's shooting at Northside Medical Hospital in Midtown Atlanta. We know that shortly before noon, uh, the subject entered into 1110 uh, West Peachtree Street and went to a medical center uh, inside the building. Uh, It was shortly thereafter uh, that he shot uh, our first victim. It was a fairly chaotic scene. We were being called to various locations uh, in that area about what appeared to be legitimate sightings of this individual. Uh, And there was some fear, of course, in the citizens in that area. Yeah, but the good news now, 24-year-old Dion Patterson is in custody. We'll go from that seriously awful crime to another one out in Oklahoma where the police chief there now confirming that seven people found dead Monday outside a residence in Henrietta, Oklahoma, were victims of a murder-suicide. The evidence is that Jesse McFadden murdered six people and then killed himself. Beyond that, I don't know what his thought process was. So he used this handgun, apparently, that was bought by his wife last year to kill her and his three children, two other teenage girls, and then he turned the gun on himself. He did not leave a note. Whether he planned this, and if he did, how long, I don't have any evidence to base a an opinion one way or the other on that. I follow the evidence, and I don't have any evidence to indicate what the actual motive was. And I'm going to be honest with you folks. Normal people that understand care, love, compassion wouldn't understand if I could come up with it anyway. Yeah, you never do. Whenever they find out the motive, you're like, oh, okay, you know, it's still awful. And uh, we'll continue along this train and we'll move on to other stuff. The Texas man who's under arrest for allegedly murdering his five neighbors. This was the guy who was shooting his gun. He was here in the country illegally, number one. He was shooting off his gun in his front yard last Friday when the neighbor came over to say, hey, can you stop shooting off your gun on your front yard? And then he went over and shot five of them dead. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz says the president's lax uh, immigration policy is partly to blame for this massacre that took place north of Houston last Friday. Because under Joe Biden's open border policy, ICE is prevented from deporting dangerous illegal immigrants. The accused gunman, Francisco Oropesa, had been deported four times. Each time he snuck across the border to live with family in the tiny town of Cleveland, Texas. He was caught uh, two nights ago now, faces those five murder charges. Bond set five million bucks. The open border policies that Biden and Harris have put in place are causing misery and suffering and death. 
And that surge of illegal immigration expected when the public health rule called Title 42 goes away next one uh, next week. That's the one tied to COVID. And now that the pandemic's over, they can't turn people away at the border for the fact that there's a, a COVID pandemic to slow the tide. The Biden administration setting up, they say, processing centers in Central America so migrants can apply before they reach the Texas border. That will be more effective than spending $36 million a mile on the border fence where a $100 ladder will take care of that. That's Congressman Henry Cuellar from Texas. He says the U.S. needs to work with our partners down south, get them to take in some of these migrants who don't qualify for asylum or they end up here in the U.S. Did they stop people at the 20-yard line instead of the first yard line called the U.S.-Mexico border. That will be more effective. Yeah, Senate Republicans also saying this is going to be a nightmare next week. What is currently a flood of humanity coming across the border is getting ready to become a tsunami. Yeah, Senator John Cornyn of Texas. Of course, this is uh, the Texas taking the brunt of all this over the last couple of years. You're going to continue to see more and more people encouraged by the prospect of being able to successfully make it across the border into the interior of the United States. The border secure. Why is President Biden sending 1,500 active duty military down to the border? And, of course, a lot of them ending up here. 53,000 is probably higher than that at this point since last spring. Bust here to New York City from the U.S. southern border. More buses arriving in the city daily. It was 200 a day. Now that number has gone up. City's Commissioner of Migrant Affairs, Emmanuel Castro, is calling on the federal government to help immediately as the city braces for more migrants when Title 42 goes away. Governor Abbott has been uh, using... Uh migrants as political weapons to make uh, political points. This to us is disgraceful. Yeah, there's this whole argument over shared responsibility over these migrants. Uh, Mayor Adams says Texas move is an attempt to target sanctuary cities, especially, he says, those led by black mayors. He was on with Sid earlier this week, uh, Sid and Friends in the Morning, and he did not back off those comments. He said those migrants are being sent to Democratic black-run cities to make a point. Meantime, Texas Governor Abbott says he'll keep sending buses of migrants to sanctuary cities like the Big Apple because the state, his state, can't handle the influx on its own. 526, you saw the Fed yesterday raising interest rates again. The committee raised the target range for the federal funds rate by a quarter percentage point bringing the target range to five to five and a quarter percent. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell there saying the Fed is committed to bringing inflation down to two percent. And they think these moves will do that. A post-meeting statement from the Fed suggested could pause further increases next month. We'll have to wait and see. We've raised interest rates by a total of five percentage points in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to two percent over time. So we'll be driven by incoming data, meeting by meeting. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see, but uh, going up that quarter percent yesterday. 526, the White House cannot confirm Russia's accusation that Ukraine targeted the Kremlin in a drone attack. They put out the video, the Kremlin, of them shooting down a drone right over the Kremlin. It looks kind of, we were all watching in the newsroom yesterday, it looked kind of faked up. I don't want to get uh, into speculation uh, from here about what happened. That's Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the administration aware of the report, but unable to confirm the authenticity of those claims. We are aware of the reports, uh, but are unable to confirm the authenticity of them. 
since the beginning of this conflict, the United States is uh, certainly not encouraging, uh, enabling or enabling Ukraine to strike beyond its borders. We've been very clear from from here about that. Uh, uh, the thought of a lot people who are a lot smarter than me was they faked this drone attack on the Kremlin as a way to really go after and bomb Ukraine. And guess what's happening this morning? Explosions heard several cities, including Kiev, hours after Russia promised retaliation for said uh, unsuccessful Ukrainian attempt to assassinate Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, Ukraine, of course, has denied these claims, but there are renewed attacks on Kiev. 23 people dead in a Russian strike just today already. I'm just getting started on this Thursday morning. Before we head out of here, we'll get the latest on this tragic story of a woman who fell to her death from the balcony of a Times Square hotel. There is more to that story, and we'll give you the details coming up. A 17-year-old stole a Maserati in New Jersey yesterday. You might have heard about this. We have more details on that story as well. A town in Bergen County making history yesterday, and a Frontier Airlines flight from Trenton to Atlanta. They took a weird vote among the passengers. Uh, it's a it's sort of a crazy story. We'll get into that before the morning is out as well. But first, this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It's Thursday, May 4th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds today could see a pop-up shower, high 55. Those clouds, they hang around tonight overnight, low 49. And then Friday, yeah, sun. Well, how about that? Sun and clouds, high 61. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 43 and cloudy in Port Jervis up in in Orange County, 46 and cloudy in Perth Amboy in New Jersey, and it's 45 light drizzle here in the city here in Midtown. 533, working our way up to the six o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning will start this half hour in Midtown with this woman who fell to her death from the balcony of a Times Square hotel. It happened at the Oyo Hotel. Cops say this 20-year-old woman fell from a 10th floor balcony onto the second-story scaffolding. And it all started with some sort of domestic dispute inside this hotel room with this 20-year-old woman. And police are not going to charge the boyfriend. Uh, They had been in some sort of fight, but this woman then went back to her hotel room after the fight, at least that's the thought here, and that's when she jumped from, or they think jumped anyway, from the 10th story. Now, there were a lot of people who heard when she hit the uh, the scaffolding, uh, they were woken by this, or some of them were actually awake. And I was like, what is going on? I heard like a really loud, like... When Anderson fell. I heard like a really loud, like, boom, like almost like a gunshot, and I was like, what is going on? They just said, like, the 10th floor is a crime scene, so you can't leave your room. When we hear the noise, my wife wake up from the bed, uh, move the shield of the window, and she said, oh, it's a body in front of us. Yeah, jeez, oh, welcome to New York. Their um, eight-month-old child was in the room with them. They are in child 
custody right now. Police say marijuana edibles recovered in the hotel room. Uh, Griffin arrested for allegedly assaulting this woman during an argument and uh, endangering the welfare of this child. But he's not being charged with the girlfriend's death as police confirmed he was not in the room when she fell to her death. 535 down to Washington. Republicans issuing a subpoena to the FBI to obtain a document that allegedly links President Biden to a criminal scheme. In a letter to the DOJ and FBI, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer said a whistleblower claims a document in the FBI's possession describes an alleged scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. Comer said the information raises concerns Biden may have engaged in a bribery scheme. No specifics of the allegations were provided in the letter, which was authored jointly with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Both are leading investigations into Hunter Biden and the Biden family. I'm Lisa Taylor. All right, let's stay in Washington. Senate Democrats launching this new effort to better compete with China. There is no reason our two parties here can't come together and send a strong message that we're united in this pressing national security effort. No doubt you recognize that voice. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says lawmakers preparing a new package of legislation in the coming months that would enhance U.S. leadership over the decades. Lawmakers aiming to limit the flow of advanced technology to China, deter Beijing from initiating a conflict with Taiwan, and then tightening rules to block U.S. capital from going to Chinese companies. It's vital that the United States provide a stark and credible alternative to the Chinese government's so-called Belt and Road Initiative. Time's not on our side. The Xi regime is working every day to catch up and surpass the United States. All right, 536, let's bring it back to New York. DEA making a big bust in the Grand Concourse section of the Bronx. They found fentanyl pills and powder in the gas tank of a car that they stopped. When they stopped this car, agents say that they had these uh, sniffing, drug-sniffing dogs with them, and they ran towards the gas tank. And, yeah, they had shoved these pills into the gas tank. The gas tank was filled, by the way, with gas. Mexican cartels will use essentially any possible method to smuggle their drugs. And in this instance, they used the motor vehicle, they used a car, and submerged their drugs inside of a fuel tank. And each time they get a little more inventive. The five million in fentanyl is believed to have originated, yeah, in Mexico. WABC News Time 539, the NYPD having a hard time attracting and retaining police officers. So many will leave for better pay, even in local districts in New Jersey, out on Long Island. Others go down south for the quality of life. So the NYPD going to test out new scheduling and several commands. PBA President Pat Lynch was at the 47th Precinct in the Bronx yesterday to help launch the six-month pilot program aimed at giving officers a better quality of life. The busier the radio gets, the more work they're doing on the street, the more they need time to decompress. Officers will be able to choose between three-day, 12-hour shifts or four-day, 10-hour shifts. Under the current schedule, cops work eight-and-a-half-hour shifts five days a week. Lynch says the department plans to expand to change to every precinct if this program seems to work. This commissioner sat at the table and helped us figure it out because she understood it. Yeah, one officer, a beat officer, a street officer says uh, he likes the idea of this, where he could pick a schedule. I'm excited about being able to spend more time oh, with I guess it's a woman here. My family, uh, devote more time to my hobbies and my days off. Um, the quality of life, I hope, is going to go up significantly. Yeah, so pilot program going to last six months. 540. 
out to New Jersey, Mawa Ridgewood. You might have heard about this car chase yesterday. Somebody in a black Maserati taking police on a car chase from Ridgewood to Mawa. One point, the driver trying to ram a police cruiser that was able to swerve out of the way. They finally caught up with this guy, Route 17, uh, in Ridgewood. And it was a 17-year-old who was behind the wheel. They say he had stolen the car in uh, Franklin Lakes. Uh, here was somebody who saw the car chase, uh, overnight gas station guy. We really don't know what was going on. We saw that it was a car on the side, on the side of the curb. We just saw there coming a bunch, a bunch of police cars coming from different towns. Yeah, so it appears the teenager tried to run away after the car stopped working, but police eventually caught up with him, placed him under arrest. What's Stay in New Jersey, a big first in a town in Bergen County where they're making history. New Jersey's first all-female mayor and council have been appointed in Glen Rock. And this is a rarity. You have There's not many places anywhere in the nation where you have an all-female city council and a mayor. Um, so this just happened over the last couple of days when somebody was replaced. And uh, the women on this council say, yeah, it is kind of a big deal. We are now the first all-female mayor and council in the state of New Jersey. It was really quite emotional. We didn't become an all-female council because that was what we wanted. It was the direction that we were going. The council members in Glen Rock, professions range from attorney to chief compliance officer. Uh, they say they will govern with compassion, but uh, they'll govern just like anybody else does. There's a lot of pain and loneliness. There's a lot of seniors in our town that want to stay, that we'd like to help age in place. This particular council... We are all female, but we're a hard-working council. There are environmental issues, there are public safety issues. We always wear many hats, and we can do anything and everything. I'm excited for the day where this isn't a big deal. This is just another council making smart decisions. Yeah, there are only a handful of towns across the nation that have all female council members. Bergen County Assemblywoman Lissa Swain says only 30% of the state assembly and senate in New Jersey are female. Of course, that means 70% are male. 543, see how I did my math there? Frontier Airlines forcing to kick three passengers off a flight for unruly behavior. This was a flight that was set to take off from Trenton Mercer Airport in Mercer County and go to Atlanta when a couple started an argument over a seat. So the couple that started the fight, they were kicked off the flight. The rest of the passengers then were asked to vote on the third passenger, whether they should be kicked off for antagonizing the two who were kicked off. So they actually did this. They took a vote on the plane. Like the person, the flight attendant stood at the front of the plane, got on the loudspeaker and said, okay, we've kicked off this couple because they were driving everybody crazy. But there was a third person who was driving that couple crazy. Should they be kicked off? And here's how the vote went. If you want her removed from the flight, please raise your hand. I'm not even kidding. If you can hear me, raise your hand if you want her removed from the flight. Yeah, so uh, they all voted, no surprise, almost unanimously to kick that third person off the flight. Frontier has not uh, responded to comment when we asked them, wow, you're, you can do that? You can take votes? It's like It was like Survivor on that plane. 544, let's go out to Long Island. A controversial New York State directive to ban Native American team mascots under fire. The use of Native American mascot team names and logos in public schools is now banned by the New York Board of Regents. The vote was unanimous when they did it last month. In Massapequa, where the team is the Chiefs, 
Parents are mad that the mascot might be replaced. This logo, this mascot, this name is Massapequa. Our town alone is a native name. It's not offensive. This is pride. I just think we're trying to erase something that doesn't need to be erased. New York State has uh, 55 school districts now with native-themed mascots, including more than a dozen on Long Island. Long Island's uh, Shinnecock Nation says they do find this offensive that some teams use those mascots. The mascot has been demonstrated both emotionally and and medically to be damaging to Native children who see that as a, a humiliation of their culture and their way of life. In Wanta, where the mascot is the Warriors, there is a push there, actually, to change the name. We understand the concern, uh, and we want to address it, and we feel like we effectively can by removing the imagery and rebranding the nickname. Bogus that we have to change our logo that we've had for so long. It would be nice to keep it, but like I understand if it's offensive. School districts have till the end of 2024-25 school year to full comply or they could risk losing state aid from uh, from the New York Board of Regents. All right, 545 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk in Justin Ellis. Well, thank you, Noam Layden. And it is official that the Golden State Warriors have now uh, changed their basketball team name. <laughs> what are they going to go by? I don't know. You got the, uh, gold, the Golden State uh, Golden Gate Bridges, maybe? Or, the Golden, or the Golden State... Uh, uh, what's that prison uh, out there in San Francisco? Uh, oh, the one on the island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody, can, nobody can think of the name. Alcatraz. There, there you go. go. The, the, the Golden State Alcatrazes. <laughs> okay, here we go on the ice. What would be their mascot? Uh, I, don't, I don't Alcatraz. know. Like a prison guard? Oh, but even that bad. even that would probably be offensive, to be honest it's with to you. To someone it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the ice, the Devils, they got a thing for losing 5-1 to in this year's playoffs. During so for the third time in eight playoff games last night to open up their series in Carolina against the Hurricanes. Nathan Bastion registered the lone New Jersey goal on the night as the Devs were forced completely out of their flow by the well-rounded Canes all night long. Down a game now, the Devs will try and even the score in game two come tomorrow night in Carolina. On the diamond, the Mets got swept in their doubleheader against the Tigers in Detroit, losing the first game 6-5 to five, and the second contest 8-1. to one. Homers from Pham, Canna, and Lindor in game one weren't enough to fend off the Tigers, while Max Scherzer failed to show up in game two on the mound as he allowed six earned runs on eight hits and just three and a third innings of work as his season struggles continue. As for the Yankees, they needed some walk-off magic to squeeze out a 4-3 to three win over the Cleveland Guardians at home and take the series in the process. Jose Trevino played the hero in the bottom of the 10th, and here's what it sounded like, courtesy of WFAN. 0-2, line to center field. There's a base hit to win the game. Scoring is Cabrera. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. A line drive to center field by Trevino, pinch hitting, and the Yankees win the ball game by the score of 4 3. Very exciting. Very exciting. Still eight and a half games back in the AL East. Hiku! Hiku! The Yankees gear up for a huge series against the first place Rays in Tampa. It's first, uh, first time the two teams are meeting this season. Set to get underway tomorrow night after an off day today. Now for what's next for the Metropolitans. They'll try and salvage the finale this afternoon in Detroit. Some guy named Justin Verlander set to make his debut in orange and blue. Finally, first pitch is set for 1.10 p.m. with the Tigers sitting out. Eduardo Rodriguez to duel with Verlander on the hardwood. The Celtics last night beat the Sixers 121-87 to tie the series at 1. Knicks and Heat 
in Miami. Game three coming up on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. Let's catch you up on some of the biggest stories of the morning last night. It was the rush home that was interrupted. New Jersey Transit, Amtrak rail service in and out of Penn Station, height of the rush hour, completely shut down. Uh, now we know why an engineer who had drove through or had taken the train through the Secaucus area where all trains have to go through saw two children playing on the tracks and then they couldn't find them and they were worried they might still be near the tracks so they decided hey let's call off train service till we can find these kids make sure they're no longer there and as you can imagine the people who were stuck at Penn Station you know were they were okay with that and why can't they just bypass the caucus I picked the wrong day to come to work <laughs> Thank you, New Jersey Transit. <laughs> yeah, very understanding. Uh, thankfully, by about six fifteen last night, they had lifted this. Um, you know, uh, they lifted it so trains could start rolling again. And uh, there were, of course, lots of residual delays into the evening last night. Lots of people got home a whole lot later than they thought they would. The other big story of the morning is the. Uh, You've been following, I'm sure, this subway incident that took place Monday afternoon where a irate passenger who was yelling and screaming at riders at a NoHo station at the Broadway Lafayette station was taken into a chokehold by a 24-year-old man who I'm sure was trying to protect other riders from this guy. Well, he took him into the chokehold and amid uh, being in that chokehold, he went unconscious, 30-year-old Jordan Neely, and then passed away. Well, now the medical examiner says that uh, Jordan Neely, who, by the way, has 44 problems arrest, a lot of them down below on the subway, was killed by the compression of a, the neck, by that chokehold. So now uh, the DA, Alvin Bragg, will likely look at this case, review it, and decide whether they charge this 24-year-old who happens to be a former Marine with something. Uh, yesterday you had people taking to that subway station who say that Marine should be charged. Justice Bush! Our life was sensibly taken away. Someone who's uh, homeless, struggling with mental health. City Comptroller Brad Lander going on Twitter saying New York City's not Gotham. He wants something to be done to this Marine. But uh, Mayor Adams says let's wait until all the facts come in. I don't think that's very responsible at the time where we're still investigating the situation. We have so many cases where passengers assist of, of the riders. Uh, and we don't know exactly what happened here. Homeless advocates questioning Neely's death. They say uh, they wonder how much of a threat he actually was. There was one rider who said they did not think he was much of a threat, but there were others who said they thought he was. Horrible that um, something had to go to this extent, this tragic loss of life, to underscore that this approach of treating people as dangerous or as a threat just because they're in need has to stop. Yeah, so we'll wait till all the facts come in. The DA Alvin Bragg will do the investigation, and we'll have to wait and see what he comes up with. 553, a Long Island teenager who suffered a severe allergy attack at her prom says she was grilled 
about drug use while medical care was delayed to her. I can't like breathe. Like I can feel like my throat like start to close up. Ariana Varghese uh, has severe peanut allergies, tree nut allergies, immediately got sick after eating a cookie at Half Hollows High School in Dix Hills last Friday. But the 17-year-old says nobody believed her. They thought maybe she was high on drugs and she did not get the treatment she needed, which was in the form of an EpiPen, until her dad, a physician's assistant, rushed to the school with that life-saving EpiPen. It was just immediately like, are you on drugs? Like, what drugs are you taking? Ariana's dad, Daniel, furious that her daughter could have been a whole lot more trouble if he hadn't rushed to the school. And even when I walked in, the nurse pulls me aside and says, you need to be very honest with what substance is she taking? I said, this is not substance abuse. This is an anaphylactic reaction. This is anaphylactic shock. So far, no response from the school. Out to uh, Newark, some Newark bank workers rushed to the hospital after someone dropped off tainted, cold, hard cash. There was some weird substance on the money and these three workers had to be rushed to the hospital thankfully they are okay but it's not clear what happened this is my bank that my local bank here and the folks are very friendly so that is pretty strange for someone to target them i mean i don't know why but let's hope that at least investigators can find out the reason for that yeah so far we haven't heard anything from the bank about what might have taken place this was a wells fargo bank in newark three employees rushed to newark beth israel but the good news again is they're okay veterinarians They want to get the attention of New Yorkers who are celebrating the fact that you can buy weed legally and get high. And they say if you're going to do that, especially if you're rolling joints, that you should not discard those joints on the streets of the city. They say New Yorkers who are finished throwing their almost finished joints onto city streets, uh, that dogs and more and more dogs have been eating these joints and it's giving them a high that no canine wants. The drug THC is extremely toxic to dogs. They concentrate it in their bloodstream and it affects their central nervous system. Yeah, one New Yorker telling us that her toy poodle has twice swallowed joints on Manhattan sidewalks. The dog's name is Bondé, and she said Bondé was so stoned that she could not walk. Uh, the ASPCA says calls from worried dog owners have skyrocketed since weed became legal in New York. And uh, finally... Uh, kudos to New Jersey Congressman Josh Gottheimer, who is telling car companies that it's really a bad idea to drop AM radio from their new models, which has, by the way, been happening. God forbid you have another natural disaster. You've got a Hurricane Sandy, 9-11. When your power goes down, uh, the only place to get news and alerts is on your AM radio. Oh, by the way, we also entertain, which is huge, too. Gottheimer says that tens of millions of Americans listen to AM radio every day. He's calling for legislation that would force these car manufacturers to include AM radio. Um, uh, here he is. When your power goes down, the only place to get news. Oh, I think that's what he said already. So you can sign our petition to save AM radio, and a lot of people have already, and you should because it's really important. Go to wabcradio.com. You'll see right at the top there's a button that says Save AM Radio. Click on that. It takes you about a couple seconds to fill out the petition, and you'll save great shows like this one and the rest of the air day for that matter. WABC Time Check 559, sponsored by Boulevard Watches. Discover finely crafted timepieces available at Macy's. Let's find out what's coming up on Sid and Friends in the Morning on this Thursday edition from Justin Ellick. Oh. 
Well, thank you, Noam. Late in your Friday Eve, might I correct you? We don't call it Thursday oh, here. Okay. Yeah, right. fri- I kind of like that. Yeah, your Friday Eve edition of uh, Sitting Friends in the Morning coming right at you. Just a couple minutes out here, bottom of each hour. You don't want to miss the mini uh, mini cast, I should say, clip of the day featuring today, the other side of midnight with Frank Morano, 940 this morning. We'll do our Thursday edition or Friday Eve. You can see, even I did it. Friday Eve edition. Of the Peerless Boilers, Sid's Take Trivia Game in the Wave. Guest 705, Mike Lawler. 740, Andrew Napolitano. 825, Nuggets with Gnome. Late at 840, Big Bad Bill O'Reilly. 905, Bo Deedle. 925, the Yes Network's Jack Curry. We're ready to go. And so am I. Uh, we're out of here, though, on this Thursday morning. We'll do it all over again tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. Don't go anywhere now, though. Yeah, Sid and Friends in the Morning, they are up next. <laughs>